Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why do you come here? Why do you come here for our show? You come here for our show because you know I'm going to shoot you straight. You know I'm going to tell you what's what. You know I honestly am beholden to nobody. And, of course, I'm a basketball, football, baseball, hockey, track, you name it, savant, but I got to tell you. Last night, big-time trade went down. Kevin Durant, T.J. Warren, head from Brooklyn and go out west to Phoenix. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jai Crowder, four first-round picks and a pick swap. I got to tell you, the freaking Phoenix Suns got fleeced for a variety of reasons, one of which, did you know this while you're watching and seeing this trade? And everybody in the NBA talks about all these superstars and superstar this, superstar that. Mikael Bridges is one of the great dudes in basketball, led his team to a national championship, and in the NBA averaged 17 points a game. 17 points a game, that ain't bad. The other guy, Cam Johnson, came out of Pittsburgh and then North Carolina. He averages 14 points a game. Jai Crowder seems to always be in the playoffs, but the deal is simply this. When you are Phoenix, you got to deal with Kevin Durant's sorry, entitled, whining, sulking backside. You got to deal with it. When has this worked out well with Kevin Durant other than when he was drug along by Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and the fellas over in Golden State? When's it ever worked out? I'll listen. Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me when this has worked out. It didn't work out in Oklahoma City. Why? Well, because we got James Harden. And and we're sad. Russell Westbrook, we're sad. It can't work out. Then all of a sudden, he doesn't get along over in Golden State. Kevin Durant is a pain in the backside. Nice kid. He's just a typical guy that's trying to be something he is not. He's a really nice kid. But he's always trying to be sullen. We make fun of him all the time here on the show. You guys... And gals that watch our show, you know that's what we do. We just make fun of him. Because he's always sitting there, you know, like he's some freaking badass. I mean, Kevin Durant is a nice jump shooting kid. He is. He's a nice jump shooter. He's a nice, talented guy. He's, He's good. He's great. But on a daily basis... Dealing with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Now you got to pitch in for them. They were 54 and 34 when they played together. That's great. But I am telling you, you watch this. The whole dream team thing, the dream team thing, or the big three thing, has to have strong team personalities. Let's go back. Paul Pierce, older guy. Kevin Garnett, according to one of my players, Keith McLeod, best teammate he ever had when they played together in Minnesota. Rajon Rondo, get the ball to people. Uh, Let's go out to Golden State. When you got Steph Curry doing all the things that he does, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, they're in. They were drafted. They were built up through the system. Every single time, except Golden State, when Kevin Durant joined something, it's been a train wreck. You're not going to hear this from anybody. You're not going to hear this ever because the NBA media – 
is the dumbest of all your medias. There is no media dumber than NBA media. NBA media dudes are always trying to be about their life. They like the rapper life. You know, it's amazing. Go to an NBA game and you'll see these guys thinking that they are actually, actually part of the scene. We had a guy here in India who called himself by one name, J. Michael. Okay, J. Michael. NBA guru. Oh, okay. All right. I'm telling you right now, fleeced, completely, totally fleeced. Now, I tell you somebody who maybe they did, maybe they didn't get fleeced, but I think they didn't, and I think it improved themselves is the Los Angeles Lakers. Russell Westbrook is just like Durant. You know what I heard today? How competitive Russell Westbrook is. Is that right? Okay. All right. He's competitive. If you tell me, I don't buy it. I don't buy it even a little bit. I ain't buying none of Russell Westbrook anymore. Russell Westbrook is about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is about his fashion. Can you imagine? Can you imagine we're paying a guy $30 million or whatever it is, and he's worried about his fashion? My fashion. I want to be fashion. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Uh, how about you go be fashion? You go to the Riviera, you do that, and we take the money back. Russell Westbrook, well, all I heard today was how Russell Westbrook's competitive nature is going to be missed. Stop it. The team stinks. He's on the team. His competitive nature didn't help the Lakers do jack squat. So good. Ship his backside out to Utah where he can cause a problem for all the Mormons and just be a pain out there. You know, Westbrook has now become a contract that needs to be moved and a pain on any team that you are going to have. Now, the Pacers, my Pacers didn't do anything. The Bulls didn't do anything. We'll talk to Tommy Waddle coming up here in a little bit. But there is some news, and this is very odd news, and I keep trying to find out what's going on here. But I don't know. Maybe you guys found it. But Michael Irving was pulled from NFL Network's coverage. Michael Irving, Sunday night, said, when I came to the hotel, they asked what I did, and I said I just went straight to the road, which was a lie. He'll get to that in a second. But I guess I had met someone in the lobby, talked to someone in the lobby for about a minute, and then I went to the hotel. Let's hear from Michael Irving. You don't need me to read it. Let's hear from uh, Michael Irving as he did a radio interview with uh, 105.3 in Dallas. All right, well, he talked to someone in the lobby, and I went to my room. Then after I got there, they said, hey, they had to move me to a hotel. Uh, Next thing you know... Uh, they moved me. I'm like, what's going on? What happened? Why are we moving hotels? Well, last night you walked in, you talked to somebody and he said, I didn't talk to nobody. I went straight to my room. They showed it on camera and I did talk to somebody. How hammered are you that you don't remember talking to somebody? How hammered? Let's hear from Michael Irving. I don't know if you guys, you guys haven't heard that, that Sunday night when I went out and came in Sunday night, and this is tripping me out. Cause you know, I went out with Michael Brooks, came in. We had, uh, and I don't remember it, but but I, I guess when I came in, they said, because they asked, I said, what would you do? I said, I went straight to the room. But I guess I had met somebody in the lobby, talked to, talked to somebody in the lobby for about a minute. And then I went to my room, and then after I got off air and got to work, they said, uh, come on, we got to move you in a hotel. I said, what? He's in a hotel for what? So they moved my hotel. And I said, what's going on, guys? What's going on? What's happening? Why would we move a hotel? And they said, well, that, that, that last night you walked in. You talked to somebody. I said, I didn't talk to anybody. I went straight to the room. And, and then they showed it on camera that I did talk to somebody. 
I talked to his girl for about a minute. I don't, I don't know what they didn't show it to me. They told me, and I didn't see it. I don't, I don't know what she looked like or anything. But that's why they moved me. That's why they moved me because I guess the girl said I said something to her within that minute that that we talked, and you know, so they moved me. So I, I, I thought you guys would have heard about it. That's why I wanted to come on and talk to you guys about it. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what's the plan for the rest of the week. We could, that's why I said I'm kind of in hiding till we figure all of that out. Uh, I told you this before, it was a few years ago at the Super Bowl, Michael Irving was doing his radio show right behind me. Next thing you know, he wasn't there, and he was accused of rape or assault or something. It's, it's always the same people. I'm telling you, it's always the same people. It is every day, every way, always the same people. So he doesn't know what happened. He's BSing. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, I well, uh, well, then I guess maybe I did. Well, I didn't talk to you. How hammered are you? And I ain't mad at you for being hammered. Hammered is fine. Do whatever you want to do. Don't bother me none. <clears throat> but what would you possibly have to say in that 45 seconds that would get you kicked off the coverage based on somebody saying something? There's got to be so much more to this story. There's got to be a ton to this story. Whatever is going on with this story ain't what Michael Irvin just said. I'll bet you money, but it is always the same people. Always. Michael Irvin has been involved in these things since he was in college. Michael Irvin always involved in these things when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Irvin always involved in these things when he was an announcer. It does not matter. Michael Irvin is always going to be involved in these things. And then he's going to do that and get loud. And look, you can always look. There's always little white guy over there. I remember Shaq, when we were filming Blue Chips, had a little white guy. He goes, Shaq, how much you paying the little white dude? Oh, man, that's my guy. I go, no, he's your little white guy. I don't know if that's Nick Sirianni. I don't know. But Michael Irvin's whole life, everybody looks at him like this. And it, uh, no, it, it, it just does not work out well. All right, Draymond Green, he of the Michigan State education. So we're all supposed to jump up and down, stand on our head and crap snowballs. Uh, Draymond Green is calling out a billionaire. He's calling out a billionaire, Josiah, not for genocide or the the nasty things that Josiah is involved with. No, 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 no. No, he's calling out the owner of the New or the Brooklyn Nets because he didn't let Kyrie Irving go where poor Kyrie Irving wanted to go. You got to let NBA players go where they want to go. Yeah. I mean, and if you don't, then uh, our guy with his Michigan State education is telling billionaires what they're supposed to do. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Michigan State is where you go when you can't get into Michigan. We all know that. So this guy, because, well, you know, NBA players should never, ever be told no. No. Let's hear from old Draymond Green. I am told that they would not trade him to the Lakers, and that is what I call billionaire petty. That is Josiah saying, listen, man, that's where he want to go. I don't care if they offer the best deal or not. 
I can be petty too. And uh, billionaire petty is a different level of petty. And not many people can compete <laughs> with billionaire petty. So before we get out of here, I'll tell you the... the yeah, idiots. Uh, it ain't petty, it's business. I mean, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I noticed that today, uh, Sir Draymond, or whatever the hell he calls himself, hasn't said nothing. It's amazing we got to listen to these guys. It, it really is. It's amazing that you got little players calling out owners for not sending their little buddies where they need to go. Now, actually, it's not that amazing. It actually is the way of the world. It actually is the way the world goes. I did not get my way. I did not get my way. All right. So now we got to call you out. Okay. I wasn't celebrated. You got to be celebrated when you're Kyrie Irving. Tom Waddle's celebrated. Every time Tom Waddle drives down the street, he's celebrated, man. People are just like, that's Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle's going to join us now, former Bears wide receiver. We'll get to Tommy in a second as soon as he gets set up. But it's exhausting with these guys. Oh, okay, Draymond, that's being petty. No, it's doing business. I mean, look, you don't like it, tough. Who cares? But, hey, Draymond and Candace Parker, they get to be on our, on our coverage, so we get to listen to more of that. Last year in the NCAA tournament, Candace Parker legitimately did not know a player. Legitimately. Rex Chapman, Candace Parker, Seth Davis kind of did, but it was the worst broadcast I've ever seen, and it's unbelievable. All right? Uh, Connie says, I wouldn't exactly say that was calling out Joe Sy. Eh, maybe not. Maybe I went a little too far, but isn't that what I do? Tommy Waddle, ladies and gentlemen, the great one, the great one from WMVP in Chicago. The Bulls uh, were non-participants. Does that surprise you? Or so far, anyway, in the trade deadline, you are all things Chicago. Does that surprise you? Uh, no, and obviously when you're looking for N- NBA knowledge, I'm the guy you, you call first, right? Isn't that right, Dan? I'm your guy when it comes to the NBA. Um, so, look, I'll try to fake this th- as well as I can. Um, look, I- I'm a huge Bulls fan. I'm a, uh, I'm a fan of the NBA. I don't profess to be any type of expert. Um, I was excited last year when they put that team together, and they, they shot their shot. You know, they, they made the trade for Vucevic. They gave away their draft currency in the deal with Orlando in the offseason, they signed and trade for DeMar. They added Alex Caruso. They added Lonzo Ball. And then they gave all their money to Zach Levine this offseason. So, like, I wasn't expecting them to do anything. I think they're committed to this group. This group, by the way, is, what, the ninth seed in the East, and it's a it's a pretty average crew. Um, I know everyone in Chicago is tired of hearing, but what if Lonzo Ball was healthy? I'm in that camp. I know that that's, you know, that's a – weird thing to cling to since he hasn't played since game 36 of last year but you know he's what they need he, he, he's he's a point guard a true point guard with size who can play defense who plays with quick tempo and can shoot the three because he's worked his ass off on on his shot and unfortunately he played 35 games in a bulls uniform we haven't seen him since so i think we've been kind of in nba hell danny i, I think that i wasn't expecting ak and mark eversley to do a whole lot because that's just I don't think that's that's in their DNA, or at least it hasn't been something they've shown us in their DNA early on, or at least this year. Um, so I'm not not surprised that there's not a whole lot to report out of Chicago. They may announce a, a smaller deal going forward, but I think that you know because they took these jobs a couple of years ago, they're going to stay committed to 
the plan they put in place last year. Two things. That was very impressive, by the way. Not did only you did like you that? talk personnel, did you, you like talked fun- I did. I, I did. I, you talked cash. You talked players. I got to ask you, like, uh, Lonzo Ball, what, what did he have? I saw a thing the other day. He's running on a treadmill now. I mean, what, what, what's, what's the problem with Lonzo Ball? What's going on here? Yeah, I wish I knew, Danny. I, and it's so funny. Sylvia and I, Mark Silverman, who really is the engine to our show, you know that. And if I don't acknowledge him whenever I do different interviews, he yeah. gets pissed off and he gets hurt. So I just wanted to let everybody know that Sylvia's the engine to our show. But he showed me that video when it came out. And I said, look, maybe this is just Lonzo's gate and how he runs. He looks like he's limping on the treadmill to me. Um, so like, I, I think you've heard the frustration in Billy Donovan's voice and others over the course of the last several months when they've tried to find an update for where he's at. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it was, you know, it was a knee scope. And I think they had to go back in at a later date and do some other things. But he, I, I was just so excited about him, Dan, joining the, the, the Bulls because of the things I mentioned. You know, finally, you've got a true point guard with size and he, he's a good on-ball defender and they play with pace and he's become a 40% three-point shooter. And it's exactly what they need right now to take that next step from, you know, mediocrity to, you know, an upgraded mediocre team. But anyway, I think that that's, that's kind of what's the, been the missing piece for them. Uh, and I don't think that there's really a whole lot of hope that he's coming back anytime soon. Are the Bull, are the Bears going to trade the number one pick? And what would it take to get the number one pick if they were? Well, I, I, they better trade it. Um, I mean, I just think that there is, you know, you go through the, the course of time and you look at NFL drafts and you look at the value of the number one overall selection. Look, I'm not delusional. I don't think that somebody's going to step in in here and give them five number ones this year and, and four number twos next year. And But I think there is a value for it. I think that there's a couple of quarterbacks in this draft that are attractive to to different teams, whether it be C.J. Stroud or, or Bryce Young or Will Levis, the kid from Kentucky. I think, And I think there's some quarterback needy teams. Look, I'm sitting in Lake Forest here. In, in Illinois, and I've got my sights on on where you're sitting right now because I've got a feeling that the Indianapolis Colts, who have a tendency to do some some crazy things, for lack of a better term, may be willing to give up the farm for pick number one. So, as I look over the landscape in the NBA, in the NFL and teams I'd like to fleece, I think that the Colts are my top target right now. I agree. Like, what what do the Bears want? picks do they want players do what, what what do they want in your mind i would what should they want? yeah i would i would hope that you know I, I think they'd take a player if it was a player that they thought had some you know some good years ahead i mean look this is a complete rebuild the easy part of all of this is the tear down like you know not to make a construction analogy but you give me a sledgehammer and i can knock the hell out of some stuff and bring it down i don't know one thing about building it back up um, so we're going to find out whether or not this group, you know, led by Ryan Poles, you know, has the acumen to build this thing back up because tearing it down. I mean, this was the project and they were fortunate that the Texans lost their mind in the final game of the season and the Bears were able to sneak in and get the number one overall selection. Um, I think they would like to add as many draft picks as they possibly can. But if you dangled a quality player that had some years left as part of the deal, I think they'd be. Interested. I think that, you know, obviously 
they're going to be able to participate not only in the draft, but in the trade market as well, because they've got so much cap space. So if they can find a team that is looking to offload a contract for a wide receiver or a pass rusher or a three technique or whatever the case may be, they've got the ability to make that trade because they have picks and they can fit that salary in their cap. So, um, you know, I think that they've got, they've got any number of roads that they can travel. For people that don't know, Tom Waddle, former Bear, he's self-deprecating, but no one knows this stuff better than Tommy. <clears throat> and so I will ask, your take on Justin Fields. Uh, I'm excited about him, Dan. Uh, I really am. He's got a skill set that is very unique. I'll make the argument. I made this with somebody earlier in the season, one of our callers, and he got mad at me because he's a, he was a huge Philadelphia fan. I said, look, at this point, Justin Fields is the most athletic quarterback in the National Football League. And then somebody would say to me, well, it's, it's Jared Allen. I go, well, Jared Allen is or not uh, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. See, that's how old I am. I reference an old pass rusher who may be in the Hall of Fame. Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yeah, I said, look, Josh yeah. Allen, All he's, right. a, he's a monster. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's 240 pounds, but he runs a 4'8". Justin is 6'3 and 225 pounds and runs a 4'4 flat. Like, you can't find that combo right now. Now, again, I know what people are thinking. Well, you know, the position is more about throwing than running. That's a fair assessment. I think that his skill set is something that is very attractive. If, in fact, going forward, he can find a way to become an above-average passer as well. Let's even say, Danny, an average passer. Let's just say a guy that functions inside the offense. Let's say he's never... You, you know, Patrick Mahomes, or he's never, you know, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow when it comes to sitting in the pocket and throwing it. What if he could be a guy that can function inside the pocket, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, has that explosive ability, but also can play the position from the pocket? I think that's what you're seeing with the Eagles right now. Like, Jalen Hurts is a fabulous player. He's not the same passer in my world that, 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 that Joe Burrow is or that some of the other guys in the league are, but his skill set, when you put it together, it works. And I think that that's where, and maybe Justin exceeds everybody's expectations. Danny, you, I mean, you watch college football. You knew this has got to be a surprise to everyone. Everyone who watched Justin in college thought he was an elite passer. Look at the stats. They knew he could run when he had to, but running the ball in the manner in which he did this year wasn't his forte at Ohio State. He was a pocket guy that, that, that broke out and ran when he, when he needed to. So I think there's still a lot of hope here that what you saw at Ohio State will manifest itself in, in, in a Chicago Bears uniform as well. The game's different. I mean, it, it just is. Like at Ohio State, you know, Justin surrounded, when you've got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson running a post dig against, no disrespect, the Indiana secondary, at some point one of those guys is going to get behind an Indiana or an, a cornerback or a safety so he can sit back and wait for that and then drop the ball, you know, deep down the field. Or he can wait the deep crosser for the first window, the second window, the third window. You don't get to the third window very often at the NFL level. So you got to be able to get the ball out quick. And I think that especially when you've had people hanging on you the way he had hanging on him, people hanging on him this year because the offensive line wasn't very good, um, it takes some time. So I guess to make a long story short, I'm very excited about the Potential, but there's no doubt, not only do they have to get better inside that offensive huddle, he's got to make progress as a passer as well. We talked to Steve Young a while ago, and Steve 
you know, Steve will always say, because he could do both. He said, it's great to have the ability to make plays with your feet as a quarterback. But at some point, if you can't win from the pocket, you're not going to get to the top of the mountain. The hope here in Chicago is, is we've seen the brilliance on the ground. The hope is, is he will prove over the course of time with better help that he can beat you from the pocket. And, I, and I'm optimistic that at the very least, Danny, that that he can be good enough where you are winning more than you're losing. And I'm I'm willing to accept the, the chance that he can be significantly better than that as well. I've always viewed you as a renaissance man. Um, we saw where Aaron Rodgers is going four days into the darkness. Where are you at with into the dark? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of the sun. I walk to the light. What do you do? Danny, I, I'm married with four adult daughters. I live in darkness, my friend. So, like, any chance I can walk outside and catch some sun, I'm out there. I'm not interested in that crap. I'm just not. Like, I don't read books. I mean, my, probably exposing myself too much is just being a dope, but I don't read books. I don't do anything that anyone would consider to be, you know, a deep thinking exercise. I watch TV. I play golf. I talk sports on the radio. I have no interest in, in walking into a small room in a cabin with no electricity. Not, not for me. I'm, I'm surprised by that. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel you to be a little deeper than that. I, I don't know. Um, if the Bears were going to keep the number one pick, for the sake of argument, Jalen Carr, who, who are they drafting? Are they drafting defense? What, what, what do you think they would do with that number one pick? Uh, my guess is, is because, you know, our coach is someone you know, Matt Eberflus. Um, I would think they would definitely stay defense because I think the top two rated guys outside of quarterbacks are, you know, Carter, the kid from, from Georgia and Anderson, the pass rushers, pass rusher from Alabama. This is the way I, I kind of value players or positions in the NFL. Quarterbacks are most valuable. The guys that get after quarterbacks are second most valuable. The guys that protect quarterbacks are third most valuable. And then we can have a fist fight about whether or not it's cornerbacks or, or wide receivers. So um, it'll come down to who's the higher rated player. I think if they kept the pick, whether it's Carter and you think he can be your, your three technique defensive tackle for the next decade, or it's Anderson, a guy that you think is going to be a prolific pass rusher. My guess would be if in fact they stayed there, it would be Carter, but, you know, if we can fleece you guys and get your pick and a bunch of other stuff, there's a really good chance we could trade from one if we then don't trade to, to Houston and then fleece you after we fleece the, the, the Texans. We could trade with, with you guys and maybe still get Carter and a bunch of other picks. Like, that would be Christmas in Chicago for me. <laughs> I'm giving you our pick, Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. You taking it? Oh, and a number two next year. Yeah, but you may have to give me a four, five. You know what I mean? You may have to throw in something on the back end there. How is well? Can I get can I get some medicals on Leonard? Because I think he's an elite player, but I, is he healthy? Uh, that's why I'm trying to get rid of him. He oh. a year ago he lost. He lost his love for the game, he came out and said. Last year, you know, <laughs> um, Rick Venturi and others tell me, look, if he were an outside linebacker, beautiful. But he's, he's, he's small-assed, 
skinny playing on the inside. It's a formula for always getting banged up. And then Nelson was awful this year, gave up five sacks and a big contract. I want a quarterback desperately here in Chicago or Indiana. Where the hell am I? Indianapolis. You're in Indianapolis. <laughs> Listen, we've all lived yeah. through the quarterback. We've all, all wandered through the quarterback desert for, for quite some time. I, I'm not interested. Yeah. Listen, I, I like Quentin Nelson probably more than you. You watch him more than I do at this point. But I, 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 a guard is a guard. Um, I'm not so sure. You're, so you're trying to tell me a player who you think is on the decline, one that is injured, and you want to swap one for four? Really? Yeah, but I know we're friends. Yeah, well, Eberflus, Eber, Eberflus would make, you know, their buddies, uh, uh, Leonard, they love each other. He, you know, and I, what do I know? I'm just sitting here, but, um, and everybody tells me this is the first year Nelson didn't have a big year. He didn't have a set, you know, didn't have a left tackle next to him. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, you'd have to go into the film room, lock yourself in the darkness for four days and watch, you know, that reel to reel stuff in your house and figure that one out. No. Well, first of all, if it's complete darkness in the room, there's no electricity. So how am I going to watch the film? You're trying to pull one over on me here, Dan, and I'm not I'm not buying. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. What would fleecing? What, all right. So then it, let me ask you, what would Tom Waddle's virgin? You used the word fleecing a couple, three times yep. Indianapolis. What would be fleecing Indianapolis in your mind? <sighs> A deal where everyone in all of the NFL goes, wow, I can't believe the Colts gave up what they gave up to move up ahead of the Houston Texans. And and quite frankly, I don't know what that would be. Like, I, you know, you know how Twitter is. Twitter, as our good friend John Yurkovich says, Twitter's where the place, you know, the idiots go to play. But if you find different people that have different you know, suggestions, you'll see some crazy, crazy stuff. I, I don't want to participate in that craziness i'm just comfortable in the concept of whatever it means fleecing somebody where at the end of the day at the end of the draft everybody says wow the bears got a haul for that number one selection and maybe it's not you guys maybe it's carolina maybe it's houston maybe whoever it is i want to win this trade dan let me ask you a question is a is an uh, uh, an unbiased viewer of the NFL. Do you think we won the Mitch Trubisky trade? No. Well, I want to win a trade. Know what all you got? Yeah, no. Nothing. We, uh, you lost we it. Moved up. You no, lost I mean, it. We moved yeah, up. You, we moved yeah. back up to, to no. draft Mitch with the number two pick. Not only was it the wrong pick, we gave stuff up for that. I'm tired of that. I want to win a trade. Well, the reason I hesitated was I couldn't remember if it was you're asking me the initial time or when Trubisky was let go. But no, the initial time you got you got your brains beat out there. No, that was Ernie Brolio for Lou Brock. You know, I, now, I mean, yes. Now, now you know what I'm saying. That one still stinks. Do you realize, Danny? I know you do. That was the draft. Where we moved up as a team to draft Mitch. God bless Mitch. Nice kid, works hard. Just he is who he is. And Patrick Mahomes was available. Can you imagine? And I hear all these people, I hear all the stuff, Danny, that everyone says to us, well, you know, if if the Bears would have drafted Patrick Mahomes, he wouldn't be the Patrick Mahomes that, that is existing in Kansas City. That's not the point. 
the point is, is that if we drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch, we'd have been a better franchise. We'd have been a better team. And maybe he lifts everybody else's performance. He's he's a Hall of Famer right now, and he's only played, what, five or six years in the league? Like, so I want to win one of these trades, Dan. I'm, I'm desperate. Tom, Tom, the, the other thing people say is, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, you know, but my point to that is general managers are paid a hell of a lot of money. Scouting staffs, man, there's a lot of money in scouting staffs. You and I, we're not paid to know which guy exactly. Uh, they are, and screw a screw-up of that magnitude, and that's why, do, do you want, let, let's say the Bears needed a quarterback, all right? Bears need a quarterback. You got the number one pick. Man, you better be right on that. Like yeah. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And you know what? I did a thing on the show, Tommy, uh, a while back. Every quarterback that got traded for this year, including our guy Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson, all these guys, bombed. Every guy that, quote, moved up in the draft – you know, like Levis is doing or Trubisky did, bombed. Talent is talent, period, period. Well, you, you know, Danny, you, we both know, like, look, there's two elements to this, regardless of sport. It's identifying talent, and that's the job of the organization, the general manager, and it's developing that talent. Like, you got to find the right guy, but then you also have to be able to develop that guy. And I'll give you a good example. You know, Matt Nagy, the, the – those are two dirty words in the city of Chicago right now, Matt. Matt. Matt's a wonderful guy. He's a fantastic guy. Anybody that's ever been around him will tell end up guy. Um, and I think as a position coach, he probably is going to be someone that will be employed in the NFL for X number of years, as long as he wants. My intel tells me that while he was with the Kansas City Chiefs back in that draft and and you know, it's the job of the OC or the quarterback coach. You know, they get together and they talk about the different players that are going to be eligible in the draft. My people tell me that he had Patrick Mahomes as the top quarterback coming out of the draft that year. Now, he was still with Kansas City during that draft season. He wasn't with the Bears. So the not only was the Mitch Trubisky a, a Ryan Pace pick, Ryan Pace kept that close to the, the vest and never told John Fox or any of the other coaches what he was going to do until – you know, earlier in the day. So, like, that's not a process that I would argue for to begin with. But the point I'm making is, is, and then when they made the trade for Justin Fields this past, you know, the two years ago when, when Nagy and, and Pace were still employed, you know, I think they evaluated that draft right. I, I, I looked at it. I said, Trevor Lawrence, definitely number one. Justin Fields, to me, was the second best quarterback in that draft. They found a way to make a deal with the Giants as, as Justin dropped down. And they drafted it. So, again, my point is, is I think that Matt can, can identify talented quarterbacks. In recent years, I think he has done that at a, at, a very, at a very high percentage. It's the developing of those quarterbacks, I think, that it becomes now that's the conundrum. You can identify the right guy. Can you develop him? And I think there were some signs in, in you know, two years ago in, in Justin's rookie year when Matt was still the coach that, you know, they made a lot of mistakes bringing him along, and they, they didn't take advantage of what he did. And so, I mean, the, it's a, it, it, look, it's an inexact science. You know, obviously, I came out the best draft in NFL history. I'm, I'm, I'm partial. It was the 1989 draft. And I will tell you, 
there were four of the first five picks were Hall of Famers. It was Troy Aikman. It was uh, Barry Sanders. Um, it was Deion Sanders and Derek Thomas, the late Derek Thomas. The only person in the top five drafted in my draft year, I call it my draft year, was Tony Mandridge. And then later in that draft, Danny, Steve Atwater was drafted like in 17 or 18 by the Denver Broncos. You can't find a better draft than that in recent history. So the point is, is that's a year where guys did their job. By the way, it was 12, 12 rounds at that time. And there was a saying at that point, if you don't get drafted in 12 rounds, you really do suck. I went undrafted, but it's, I still claim that I was part of the 1989 draft and it was a historic draft. So that's my draft story. That's, that's why... That's why I that, – that's kind of what I say why I didn't make the 1984 Olympic team because, well, I mean, it was the greatest, you know, college team ever, you know, Jordan. I mean, my three points a game, come on. I mean, I should have at least been at the trials. I know, so I, I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying, big boy. I do. Hey, great stuff, man. Hey, why haven't the – last, last, quick. Why haven't the Bears had a quarterback? Why is this quarterback thing so difficult in Chicago? It's a really good question, and I don't have a good answer. I really don't. I mean, no, I, I thought don't. we had, I thought we had it with with Cutler, um, and he had some good moments, but it didn't. Eventually, uh, ultimately, it didn't take us yeah. where we wanted to. Uh, but here's hoping. Here's hoping that Justin's that guy. You know, you got it. You've, you've evaluated him. He put him in place. Now you got to get some some talent around him. You got to protect him. You got to give him some guys to work with. And then you have to develop him. Uh, develop him. Luke Getze, you know, did a nice job, I thought, as a rookie offensive coordinator. Now it's up to him and to Justin himself, because this is a big boy league, you know. It's up to Justin to take that next step. But I think most of us here in Chicago are really excited about Justin Fields as our quarterback. Yeah, I am too, as a, as a Bears fan. Thanks, Tommy. Tell Sylvie hello, will you please? You got it. Thank you, Danny. <coughs> That's the great Tom Waddle. I mean, he got, you know, everybody here is like, man, is Waddle good? Yeah, he's great. No, we only give you the good guests. Speaking of that, Ryan Leaf is coming up here uh, from the Super Bowl, coming up here at the top of the hour. All right, we come back. Roger Goodell, look, uh, Roger Goodell, er, Joe Biden, same person. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back, Tommy Waddle. Absolutely fantastic. You know, one of the reasons, God, I look like 10 miles of bad road. I'm going to button up here and try to make me look better. But I, I, man, I've been sick. I'm under the weather. But you know what? The show must go on, you folks on Twitter, you folks on YouTube. The show must go on. Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell don't like us. He don't like me. I'm a father. I'm a white person. And I'm an American. That's the trifecta for Roger Goodell. And our friend, our friend Armando Segura had has a really good article about Ro- Roger Goodell and his wokeness. Now, Roger Goodell also said officiating has never 
been better. All right, let's get into that. The reason he says that is the reason his state of the NFL press conference discussed wokeness because Roger Goodell made officiating woke. He got rid of older white dudes for diversity, younger, young, actually not all diversity, just to get younger. So Roger Goodell brings in a bunch of dudes that don't care even a little bit. Roger Goodell brings in a bunch of dudes that are not, well, let's be honest, that are not even uh, experienced to do major college games. But that guy right there is so woke and so afraid, ladies and gentlemen. His biggest fear is that a player comes out and says Roger Goodell is racist. His biggest fear is that one of these 9 million diversity groups where everybody's grifting and making money by telling everybody how awful we all are as a society towards any marginalized group, uh, they, he, Roger Goodell, never wants that in front of him. I mean, never, ever. And Armando Salguera on our uh, outkick.com painted a beautiful picture. He painted it gloriously. He really did. State of the NFL press conference hits on multiple woke. He didn't say multiple uh, what. He used the word mo- he used the word woke purposefully. He basically said, "Look, Roger Goodell does not care about Americans because he wants it to be a global game. All right, Roger Goodell does not care." about anything other than appeasing the African-American community, which is fine. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with fairness. But don't come out and insult everybody by saying, well, you know, mothers are the only... He didn't mention a father. See, if I were Roger Goodell and I wanted to do this honestly, I would mention fathers every day. I'd be like, hey, look, We got to get some fathers out here. We got to get some fathers to do some things. But Roger Goodell, that's not what he's about. He doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, particularly in the African-American or in the diverse community. I mean, we got to have, well, you know, we got to have female referees. We got to have this, that, and that's fine. I don't care. But don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, when Roger Goodell comes out and basically does this in a speech. Feminism, globalism, racist and ageism. It's a great article right here by Armando. Women are more valuable than men. Black is more valuable than white or brown or Asian. Placing teams and pleasing fans abroad is more important than in the United States. And finally, younger, more valuable than older. And Armando says, this isn't reading between the lines stuff. This was Roger Goodell picking sides, making his arguments. The role of mom more important than the dad. My mom was the biggest influence on my life. See, you always got to be down for the cause. Yeah, I'll tell you, my mom and dad were the biggest influences in my life. But you always got to be down with the cause. Like, in my world, dudes always want to be from northwest Indiana, from the region. Oh, man, I'm from Valpo, but I'm from the region. I mean, they always want to be down with the cause. So Goodell wants to be down with the cause. Now, hey, look, I don't know. Uh, His dad served in Congress and then in the United States Senate. I, I, you know, but you got to be down with the cause. Uh, hiring practices, right? 20 questions from reporters, a quarter of those related to hiring black people, this is quoting Armando, or the relative state of black people in the game. There's better work and more work to be done ahead of us. I think there is progress, and we're pleased to see progress. All right. 
And then he has the, to say, it's about attracting the best talent. No, it's not. If the best talent is black, then hire a coach that is African-American. If the best coach is Hispanic, hire them. But that's not really what Roger's saying, and we know it. We all know it. So, anyway, uh, at the end of the day, he does, however, I want you to listen to this. He does make veiled references to quarterbacks like he's in 1962. Remember when we had Tony Dungy on a few months ago and he was talking about how he led the Big Ten in passing and running and all this kind of stuff and he couldn't get a look in the NFL? Well, the inference, as Coach Dunny was talking about, was, well, we can't handle complex system. This idiot, Goodell, is still talking about it. We have 11 starting black quarterbacks. They're some of the best leaders, extraordinary. People talk about their talent and ability to run. But they are incredible leaders. They understand the offense. They run complex offense, probably more complex than we've run in the past. And they've added an element to the game. I think our game has changed because of their talent. Uh, Armando says, I might have been fine not hearing Goodell suggest black quarterbacks are considered mostly running quarterbacks, but are nonetheless smart enough to run complicated offense. Man, oh man, what the hell? I mean, you just sit here and you laugh. You just sit here and you go, man, you know what? How about catering to Americans? How about not being an idiot? Like, I watch Patrick Mahomes. I don't see a running quarterback. I'll be honest with you, Jalen Hurts, maybe he's a running quarterback, but I think that guy could sling it. I remember back in the day, Joe Gilliam could really sling it. James Harris really sling it. Doug Williams could really sling it. Those dudes are pocket passers. And we got a bunch now. Justin Fields, we talked about it with Tommy Waddle, could really sling it from the pocket. Now he's got to get more accurate, but the dude can sling it. But now the commissioner is, well, you know, we got running quarterbacks that, oh, by the way, are smart enough, smart enough <laughs> to handle. Co- what is wrong with people? I, as I gotten older, I'm so glad I grew up in an area where there were black people, white people, Spanish people, Mexican people, Serbian people, Polish people. The Balkans were represented. Man, so you just learn that people are people. This dude grew up with a freaking silver spoon in his mouth, and he's, at, he's now in 2023 trying to educate us on the black quarterback being a runner. That does not seem like progress to me. That does not seem like anything moving forward. What is wrong with people? Thank you, Armando, for writing that. Man, oh, man. Anyway, the world is insane. I mean, think about it. We got Michael Irvin acting like an idiot. What is this, 1989? Michael Irvin's acting like an idiot. He gets kicked off the coverage. Oh, what, are we back in where? The White House, which is what they had with Dallas? What, what are we doing? Patrick Mahomes, by the way, uh, multiracial. But, hey, he give, I could tell when Patrick Mahomes is talking about the black quarterback, he's like, hey, man, I don't know. I'm just a quarterback. I've been here many times. Jalen Hurts was raised by a father that's a coach. He's like, I don't know. But, of course, the white dude, he's got to be, oh, man, I'm down. I'm down to clown. People are nuts. New York City finally ends its vaccine mandate policy for city workers. Good for New York City. I'm a massive fan of New York City. I'm a huge fan. I love going to New York City. There's a place called Jimmy's right off Times, Tom, blah, Times Square. Little bar. One of those skinny bars goes back. Jimmy was Muhammad Ali's trainer. 
Jimmy died a few years ago, but Lee and I, whenever we went to New York City, we always went to Jimmy's. And Jimmy always remembered us, ESPN guy. And we would sit there and have beers and listen to Jimmy tell me all these stories about Muhammad Ali. I love New York City. Man, oh man, good. Get rid of that policy. College basketball last night. Hey, did you see? Did you take it? I'm going to the YouTube chat. Did any of you take my uh, bets yesterday? If you did, if you did, you're three for three in the three last shows. I Here's what I'm doing with bets. College basketball last night was so good. I'm watching. I don't even care about the game, but I flipped it on. I know it's going to be at the end, and there's Vanderbilt in the corner. Whap. Buzzer beater. I turn the channel. It's the Marquee Network, the Cubs station. I turn. It's Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, two bad teams, but I'm a big fan of both coaches. Next thing you know, Georgia Tech tipping, whap, winner, back to back, right there, back to back. Then I turn on Wisconsin and Penn State. We go to overtime. Wisconsin gets a big win. I know everybody and their mother tells me Penn State's coach should be at Notre Dame and he's great. He hasn't done squat. And another, I'm a fan of his, Micah's, but I mean, you got to do something before you can be considered somebody that's really good. It drives me nuts. Oh, man. And then don't even get me going back on Roger Goodell and the officiating. But anyway, so then, so then last night, late night, San Diego State beats Utah State. San Diego State, Jim Dutcher, college hoops is on fire. I've said this before. I'll say this again. And people will copy it from me, and I don't blame them. Every single night, college basketball delivers. Tonight, Purdue's going. I'm just telling you, tonight, Purdue is going. I'm taking them as the second part. I'm not in love with it, but I'm taking them on the money line. Let me give you, get your pen and paper, all you guys out here. You want to win some money? Let me tell you what I did. I took a bunch of money out of my DraftKings account because I had won. I ended up taking too much, didn't mean to, but I had 14 bucks in there. So three days ago, I took a two-team parlay. I can show it to you here. I took a two-team parlay. I want you to listen to this real quick. I got plus 100, 14 bucks, turned it into what? $28. All right. Then uh, two days ago, I had $28. What did I do? I turned it into 56. I had a two-team parlay. Uh, Indiana, Virginia, you can kind of see it there. Indiana and Virginia took them both, 28 to 56. Then last night, 56, Oklahoma State and Duquesne turned it into $116.64. So I'm up just jacking around. Tonight, write this down, Western Illinois money line, Purdue money line. That's our two-team parlay. I got plus 126 on it. I put $117 to win $264. Not in love with it. I didn't take enough time with it. So if you lose with it, don't at me. But see this? Last night, dudes are making shots. <coughs> dudes are making shots. I mean, dudes are making shots left and right. I mean, they are lifting up, and I mean knocking in shots. Not even screwing around. Honest to God, yes, Otterman, DoorDash should hire me. I'm sick as a dog. I went to bed at 3. I should have DoorDash last night. I'll probably DoorDash 
uh, tonight. Yes, Chad Austin, the Leathernecks. I'm taking them. I'm taking them tonight. But college basketball is on fire. Let me recap. Nets trade Kevin Durant to the Suns for three players, four first-round picks. The absolute fleecing of a lifetime is what happened with the freaking Suns. Look, T.J. Warren's never going to play. He never does play. But, hey, look, Mikel Bridges averages 17 points a night. Cam Johnson averages 14 points a night. And all these little slaps that you're going to see on TV don't know enough to tell you two things. One, they do maybe, the Brooklyn Nets, have too many wing players, but that's usually not a bad thing. That's number one. And two, the Brooklyn Nets players don't have to deal with Kevin Durant sulking backside. If I were a Brooklyn Nets player, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to deal with that idiot Irving. I don't have to deal with that sulking, brooding uh, Durant. And ladies and gentlemen, when has it worked out for Kevin Durant going to a super team other than the Golden State where the culture was already set? Where has it worked out where Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant sets the culture? You tell me because make no mistake. Now, some of you can say, well, you know. You know, Kevin Durant is uh, he's going to Chris Paul's team. You think so? Do you really think so? I don't think so. I don't think so even a little bit. I don't think so even sort of, kind of, maybe. Not even, not even close. I don't think it's even close that Kevin Durant could set a culture. I don't. Not even a little. Not even a skosh. Kevin Durant setting your culture gets your brains beat out. It just does. Look at it. Look, what, what did they do in Oklahoma City when they were young? Pretty good. But then as they got old, what happened? Money and ego. I'm just telling you, Kevin Durant setting a culture sucks. He is brooding. He is a fraud. He's a jump shooter. And quite, quite frankly, he's getting old. He's getting old. And I would not take Kevin Durant right now on my team to set the culture. I would take Kevin Durant on my team right now if I was LeBron James. Because LeBron James is the culture. I would take Kevin Durant on my team right now if he could get along with Golden State. I would take him probably uh, on the Heat. I would take him probably on the Celtics. Those teams have something to them. Probably on the Bucks. But I'm not taking Kevin Durant on the Suns to try to establish our culture. It's crap. I'll tell you something else. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell was a really good player as a freshman at Ohio State. I called some of his games. He made remarkable plays. But D'Angelo Russell was always here and the team was here. So it was no surprise to me when he gets in the NFL and D'Angelo Russell just got traded from Minnesota over to the Lakers. So now he's going to be helping LeBron. But D'Angelo Russell, uber, uber, uber talented dude. I mean a really talented guy. Like, can see things, can make passes, hit shots. But if you remember, he's also the guy that films his teammates. He's also the guy that acts like a 12-year-old. Now, maybe he's grown up. And if he has grown up, well, ladies and gentlemen, you got a chance in L.A. to at least improve your chances to get to uh, the playoffs, I guess. But I'm telling you right now, fleeced, fleeced. I don't know if the YouTube chat knows this or not, but they fleeced them. Yeah. Chris Paul got fleeced. The Suns got fleeced. Kevin Durant got a reprieve. Fleeced. John Datsman says Durant and Paul aren't going to gel. I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, Dan, how do you feel about non-tippers wanting DoorDash? Uh, they should be thrown in jail. The key should be locked. They should never get out. And they are the same people as pedophiles. That's right. Same people. If you don't tip DoorDash, or if you don't tip and you order DoorDash, pedophile. Same guy. I'm telling you, same guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big, uh, that's a big thing on our YouTube chat. No, same guy. That's all I'm saying. Non-tippers, pedophiles. I don't know if that's how you spell pedophiles, is it? <laughs> I told you this the other day. I don't give a 10% tithe. I just tip everywhere too much, too soon, too often. I do. I tip everybody way too much. I, and I do it everywhere. All right, this is a true story. You want to see what a big wheel I am? I take Benetti out. I take my wife, my stepson, and one of my former players, a guy who made me a lot of money, Lenny Matella, and his wife, Stephanie. No, Tiffany. What am I talking about? And we go to Chicago Cut. The bill is $900. I'm buying. I never, never, ever, ever, ever bought a $900 dinner. Never. And when I say never, I'm saying never, never. What would you tip on a $900 bill? What would you tip? The bill is 900. Are you going to sit there and do the math and say, well, you know, 10% is 90. Half of that is another 45. That's 50. I can go 180. No, I tipped her 300 bucks. Is a $1,200 dinner. Why do you think I've been door dashing lately? Come on. $1,200. I've never in my life spent $1,200 on dinner. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. Get out there and tip. If not, I got no respect for you. You are the lowest of the low. We'll be right back. Ryan Leaf next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Hey, welcome back. The great Ryan Leaf joins us live from the Super Bowl. I got to ask you a question. I'm looking at your tweets, and you seem like a happy guy now. Is it safe to say you're in a damn good place right now? You do. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm happy. I'm just, you know, I, I'm, uh, I like who I am. You know, I, I like the guy I see in the mirror every day. Uh, that's certainly a different uh, different scenario than it was, you know, years before. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with who I see in the mirror, which allows me to be, you know, my more uh, natural self in, in every possible way you can think of. Yeah, you know what? You know, people, I, I was just talking about this on yesterday's show. I go to a church and everybody raises their hand and talks about forgiveness. And, and then when it's their turn to forgive, they never do, right? And that to me is like, okay, sad people. But I don't know. I just, that's the first thing. I just, I felt like, man, good for you. You've overcome a lot. You've shown yourself to be a man's man. You haven't sulked. You just keep going, man. Well, you know, what else are you supposed to do, right? I, I, I talk about it all the time when I speak all over the country, you know. You know, what are you supposed to, are you just going to pack it in or are you just going to keep trudging forward? And my life isn't any more important or less important or, or different than anybody else's, right? I, everybody deals with adversity. Mine was just a little more public. That, that's, all, that's all. There wasn't anything, any kind of different qualifier 
for it. So I, I, I don't think I'm in more important than anybody anymore. I don't think I'm less important. I think I'm a flawed human being like everybody else, you know, trying to be better. So it's, you know, I, I got an amazing life. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be more grateful for the life that I have now and the opportunities that I get. Yeah. Uh, see, that's awesome because a lot of guys, you know, they get into the bottle, they get into thing. I mean, and I try to tell people, man, when you're an adult male, stuff's going to, you know, they don't, when they smack you on the ass when you're a kid, they don't say, man, life's going to be easy. You know what I mean? They'll do that. I think they, I think, I think this generation, they, they tend to do that a little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. All right. What do you see Maybe. out of these two quarterbacks? What? One's a legend, you know, been to this game. The other one, Jalen Hurts, first time in this game, obviously played in big event. What do you see out of the two quarterbacks? Well, I see two incredible leaders, and I think that's the at the forefront of all this. You know, when I remember Jalen Hurts being drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I told a few of my colleagues that, you know, Carson Wentz was not long for that job in Philadelphia because Jalen Hurts was just going to outwork him. He outworks everybody, and that's exactly what he's done. He, he knew this offseason he had to get better at throwing the football. He did exactly that. They went out and got him an elite wide receiver in A.J. Brown, and the team just took off, right? It, it is very difficult to prepare for a Philadelphia Eagles football team because you have to count for the quarterback, and, and you normally don't have to do that, especially when you're talking about gap integrity. You have to remember every single gap because the quarterback is now a part of that equation. Uh, on the other side of that coin, Patrick Mahomes has been the best quarterback in the NFL over the last five years. Just simple. It's a simple equation here. Uh, The AFC runs through Kansas City, third Super Bowl in four seasons. Uh, I mean, he's incredibly special. And I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles are incredibly more talented than the the Kansas City Chiefs. Though, those scales that are, are weighted really differently get back to pretty even when you put number 15 on that. And so uh, there's a big reason why, uh, you know, the odds makers, you know, our, our sports book at PointsBet has had it at, uh, you know, right around minus one and a half uh, or two points the entire time. It has not moved. This is a pretty pick em game in terms of the way that people think. You know what I like about Leaf? Or, or Leaf, your Leaf. You know what I like about Mahomes? I like the fact that Mahomes gets hurt, hurts his ankle, and he's begging to come back in. You know what I mean? Like begging. And, and then I also like that Chad Henney came in and went on like a 95-yard uh, drive. And there's something to that to me as a former coach. There's something great about that. No, there is. Um, but, I mean, any, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of players out there when, it, when there's something like orthopedic. Like you, you had to, bones had to be coming out of my body to get me off the football field, right? right? You know, ankle sprains, that's nothing. Tape it up, let's go. And then the guy that's next up, he better be ready. And Chad Henney was. You talked about a 98-yard drive, gets it in the end zone against Jacksonville. Uh, there's a reason why Chad Henney has been around this league for so long because he's the capable backup that he can step in and do exactly what he needs to do. Um, the high ankle sprain, you know, it's it's a difficult one from a quarterback. Good thing for him. I think that it's not on his on his uh, um, left foot. I think that would have been and presented much more of a problem for a right-handed quarterback throwing the football. Be, and the reason being because that's your you plant, you step with that leg as opposed, right? You step that's into the reason. it, and it's got to be the most. Yeah, yeah. Right. You step into it, and it's got to be the most stable aspect of things. When it's your right, 
you can, as a right-handed quarterback, just you know flip your hips. You don't necessarily have to be on the ground to do it. If you're replacing your left hip with your right hip, you can still get the velocity you want on it as long as you do that. And so I think that's a beneficial factor in the fact that uh, that it's this right ankle for a right-handed quarterback. The 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 knock on on Hertz, if there is one, is well, you know, you win Super Bowls from the pocket. Okay, let's say that's true. Does he have enough pocket? Can he pass it well enough to win this game against a guy that clearly can? He hasn't had to. That's the difference, right? He just hasn't had to. Now, are the Kansas City Chiefs good enough to keep him in the pocket? There's a reason why no team defensively has been able to make him a one-dimensional player because he can do too much with his feet. They can run the ball well. If you're going to bring a guy down into the box, he's got the weapons on the perimeter now to win one-on-one matchups. And the biggest problem for somebody who has to sit in the pocket when you zone coverage and you're a young quarterback is being fooled. But when you run the ball as well as they do, you can't fool them because it's man-to-man coverage. You just find the matchup you want, whether that's with A.J. Brown against one of those rookie cornerbacks and Jalen Watson or Trent McDuffie or Devontae Smith on the inside. Ladarius Sneed is back, but, you know, he's coming off that concussion protocol situation. This is this sets up for a really great day for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, scheme-wise. Is that who you'd take in this game? I do. I, I have the Philadelphia Eagles, the minus one and a half. I just think they're the better football team. You know, I, I, I thought early in the week uh, – before I kind of started doing some some deeper dives that this could this could be a blowout like the Philadelphia Eagles are that good and that's what they've done the last couple weeks their defense is playing really well they get pressure with four guys are able to play zone and make quarterbacks make decisions and things like that but again 15 just is the difference maker in all this he brings that he tips the scales back to more of a balance Uh, Philadelphia by a field goal I think late all right the over under is 51 I like it. Uh, I like the over in this one. I think 34-31 is the final. Um, it, it also could be 34-7, to to be honest with you. It, that's either the two things. That for me, it's going to be a tight game, won by Philly late, or Philly dominates like. I'll give you a good stat here. The last two times you've had the number one overall passing offense versus the number one overall pass defense uh, was the Seattle Seahawks and the Legion of Doom versus Peyton Manning in that offense. We all know how that one turned out. And then the other was the Oakland Raiders and Rich Gannon, MVP season, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they just destroyed uh, the number one passing offense. So those those two variables stick out to me. That makes me think that this could be like that. I just think Patrick Mahomes is a different animal, and, and he, he keeps this game tight because of who he is. Let me ask you this, because I, I, I spoke uh, yesterday again with a couple of guys. You walk in, like you played in the Rose Bowl. All right, so you go and you played in big games to get to the Rose Bowl, and all of a sudden the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl, and it's a wholly different, you know, it's a different looking thing. Mahomes has been in this Super Bowl. Is there any part of you that says, you know what, maybe I'll take the Chiefs for the first half as Jalen Hurts, who's played in monster games, but the Super Bowl, a different animal, maybe hasn't had the experience of Mahomes. Any part of you feel that? Yeah, a bit of me does. The Eagles have been incredibly good in first halves this year. I mean, they've gotten out to big leads. They've thrown to set up the run and then punish teams and put them away in the second half. But I do feel that way. I think Kansas City jumps out to an early lead, like even a double-digit lead, 10 nothing, uh, and then finds a way to lead uh, something like 17-14 at halftime. 
Uh, but ultimately, uh, down the stretch, the Eagles kind of, you know, feel their way around, uh, understand what it's about, um, and, and kind of find their footing late. Because it is a different deal. Like I always said, when I played basketball at Indiana, we practiced on the same court every day. And I'll never forget my first game. The bleachers were pulled out. There was 18,000 people in there to ban. It was, a, it was like a totally different gym. You know what I mean? It was totally different. Yeah. You know, it, it, it will feel a little overwhelming probably for some of the players. There's a lot of players on both sides of the football that haven't played in the Super Bowl. A couple things they have to understand. The pregame, right? You warm up to warm up to warm up to warm up. All the pregame festivities. And normally uh, uh, an NFL halftime is really short. It's double the length because of the, the halftime entertainment. So you have to figure out ways to, to you know, get through that and get ready to go again in the second half and all those things. So it's a much different football game. And if you haven't experienced it, it's going to be new. And it might be a bit overwhelming at first. And those guys that have the experience, a la a lot of the Chiefs players who've played in this game, uh, you know, two out of the last three years, that's going to be very helpful to them. I think there's only five, five players on the Eagles that were actually around on the Super Bowl roster from when they won it back uh, a few years ago. You mentioned you think the Eagles win. Do you have Jalen Hurts as the MVP? Um, no, I, I, I don't. I think what we're going to see is pretty much what we've seen from him in the last couple games, probably around 120 to 135 passing yards. Uh, he'll rush a few. I think they, they, they get rushing touchdowns. Maybe A.J. Brown gets a touchdown. I know the quarterback feels like the bet there because he's the quarterback but I, I have a sneaky suspicion for the first time in a while uh, we're going to see maybe a defensive player uh, lock up that MVP this year because of some plays that their defense makes on that side of the football. Ryan I appreciate you man um, you go into the let me ask you, you I assume you're going to the game um, people always no, I say never, well, I never you go, know I, too many I never go to, I, oh you don't I never go to the game no, I like to watch it alone at home. See, I do too, because you know, people always say, well, you know, it's a corporate crowd, that kind of thing, and that's fine. But I like to watch it at home and bet my face off as I'm going through it. <laughs> well, I don't gamble. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a ga- I, you know what? I don't gamble. I'm a, I, I just play one on TV, you know, and I'm pretty darn good. I think we're gotcha. games over 500 this year, so – over there at Points Bet Sportsbook, so we're doing we're doing a pretty good pretty good job. Well, I appreciate you. I do, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right. I tell my wife it's my third job. Like it's it's, it's you know, she There's she doesn't buy it. That. She has, There's some truth to that, especially if you're putting putting shoes on the kids' feet. Yeah, I get it. Ah, I try to tell her, look, how do you think we get a vacation? It's you know. That's on Indiana just beating freaking Rutgers. Let's go, you know. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, continue yeah. great work. Continue continue success. Thank you for your time. Much appreciated. You bet, Dan. Good to talk to you. Good talking to you, too. That's Ryan Leaf uh, live from Glendale at the Super Bowl. We got a lot to get to today. I can't wait. We're not slowing down. We're only speeding up, ladies and gentlemen. It's Super Bowl week, and we are at OutKick. What could be better?
It's Kyle, a story that I don't know if you've heard. I haven't heard Jim tell it, but I've been told it's true. You could confirm. You went to the White House. <laughs> Did you, in fact, intend on giving President Obama a thong? A thong? <laughs> what? You gave him a headband, correct? I gave him a headband. I don't know about a thong. I don't give away my thongs very often. That, I, that's, that's the running story with some people that uh, I've, I've chatted with from the Bears days back in the 80s. No, I did have a shirt that I kind of rubbed up on him during our picture. <laughs> during our team photo with the president, but I, I probably can't say it on the air here what, what that T-shirt was. Okay, fair enough. He's not in the office anymore. <laughs> There you go. You just keep it right here on OutKick, and you're going to have a wonderful, wonderful day. The fellas are down, are not down, but over. I don't know why I pointed there. Over in Glendale, Arizona, getting ready for the Super Bowl. We are, ladies and gentlemen, getting ready for the Don't At Me Awards. Now, let me explain. There you go. Three to six Eastern time. You can catch them right here all over the OutKick network. It's Chad, and it's Jonathan. It's OutKick 360. It's a great show. Um, there's money and there's real money. A friend of mine told me that a long time ago. There's money. You got money? Yeah, you can go on vacation. You can do whatever. And then there's real money. And then there's real, real money. I'll give you what I'm talking about. I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine award. Saudi Arabia, this is real money, has agreed, listen to this, to build Greece. Every stadium it needs, if they agree, to join a bid with the Saudis and Egypt to host the 2030 World Cup. There's money, and there's real money. And I don't know if you've all noticed this over the last, I don't know, few years, but the Saudis, them cats got real money. Hey, look, we'll build you stadiums, we'll build one here, we'll do that, we'll build it all. But we need help. We need somebody to join us in our bid. Yeah. All right. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call real money. Yeah. Uh, Take one for the team, boy. This is unbelievable. Like, I love Terry Bradshaw. I think Terry Bradshaw's funny. I think Terry Bradshaw's smart. I think Terry Bradshaw is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And unfortunately for Terry Bradshaw, a lot of people dismiss Terry Bradshaw. Because, because of a number of issues. Let's see here from Terry Bradshaw. I told Fox, if, if I could just die on the show. <laughs> Think about the ratings, right? I mean, we're all about, are we not about ratings? No, that'd be huge. Not only that, it'd be a huge carryover. Then all the networks would be saying, Bradshaw Dodd on the Fox NFL front. Can you imagine the huge stuff? And maybe I get a statue out front, you know, if I don't have a statue yet. But I want to do it as, I'm, you know, if, if I can keep my health together, I love, I love what I'm doing. But you do, we all get old and we, we all get kicked out. I just, you know, I'm not looking over my shoulder, but Brady is coming in. For <laughs> 37 points. At 37.5, can you imagine paying an announcer $37.5 million? That's dockage money right there. 37.5, and Terry Bradshaw says, hey, look, what? It's all about the ratings. 
So I would die on TV. Good for Terry Bradshaw. Might as well. I mean, he's right. Now, I know people have said, well, well, given what just happened with DeMar Hamlin, that is in such bad taste. Shut up. People bitch about everything. People whine about it. Just stop. He's just being funny. I mean, honest to God, oh, I, I can't believe. Um, I just can't believe he would say that. You know, then don't believe it. Then don't believe it, and two seconds later, you're complaining about something else. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's some pictures that show how much the world has changed between iconic shots of Michael and LeBron. There they are. That's the game winner, or the uh, that's the winner. And you could look. Uh, the only guy on the right is Phil Knight. On the picture on the right, on the backside of the Brooklyn Nets player, you see a gray-haired man. That is Phil Knight, a revolutionary, not a revolutionary, whatever you want to call it, the guy who started Nike, the man, right? He doesn't have his phone up. Every other slap does. You know, it's kind of funny. I, was, I saw that picture on the right, and I thought to myself, you know, opening day, or not opening day, first pitch World Series Chicago Cubs in Wrigley. They started the series in Cleveland in Wrigley. I made sure I had my phone and I taped it and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. What did I get out of it? I don't know. But look at how everybody on the left, when Jordan ended his Bulls career in 1987 with that shot in 1988 or 1998 with that shot, look how everybody's paying attention. Fast forward over to the right. Look how nobody's paying attention. Everybody's got their phones going. It's a pretty good picture. I think it's a pretty, pretty good picture. All right. Michael Jackson is from Gary, Indiana. Michael Jackson's house is this big. You can go see Michael Jackson's house. It's basically 23rd and Jackson Street, ironically enough. I don't know if they changed the name to Jackson Street, but it's literally on the fence of Gary Roosevelt High School, one of the more iconic high schools in the state of Indiana until it closed down and became something I don't even know. But, get, but, but Michael Jackson's estate is one of those deals that just keeps making money. It can't stop. The king of pop is always making money. Listen to this. Michael Jackson's estate is close to finalizing an 800 to $900 million deal. Four, ladies and gentlemen, 50% of his catalog, 50%. That, <coughs> that ain't the whole deal. You get half of the King of Pops catalog. You get half of the songs that Michael Jackson put down for 80, what is it? 800 to 900 million. If somebody would have told me 80 to 90 million, that's a lot of money. Again, what did I say earlier in the show? There's money. And there's real money. I mean real money. I mean the kind of money where you go, whoa! How about them apples? All right? Eight, 800 to 900 million for half of the catalog. How about that? Mm, 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 mm. Half. The Otter Creek on our YouTube chat had an interesting statement. He goes, do you get to pick the songs? If you did get to pick the songs, what would be your number one Michael Jackson song that you wanted? That's an interesting question. 
You know what I mean? Like, if you got to say, all right, um, I am going to have first right of refusal on Michael Jackson's song, and we're going to do this. What happens in college sports, particularly college football, is the Big Ten Network, ESPN, Fox, they pick games. It's like a draft. But if you were going to pick Michael Jackson, number one, so I don't know what I would do. Uh, breaking news, Burt Bacharach died of natural causes. Uh, Burt Bacharach, famous composer. I mean, if they ever do or you ever get a chance to read about the life of somebody that influenced music, two people way more than you ever thought. Carol King, who, by the way, great Broadway show about Carol King called Beautiful. And then Burt Bacharach, 94 years old, rest in peace. We'll be right back with The Guns Show, baby. The Guns yeah, it's the gun show. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, um, the trade last night, trades were le- flying. The deadline for the NBA is coming up here at 3 o'clock, but I got to tell you, and I'll keep telling you this, and I will not stop telling you, and I don't know if you guys agree on the YouTube chat or not, but I believe, my opinion, the Phoenix Suns got fleeced. I don't think that you can bring Kevin Durant into an operation and let him set your culture, and it's ever any good. Now, Chris Paul is there, but Chris Paul's old. Mikael Bridges averages 17 points a game. Cam Johnson averages 14 points a game. Jai Crowder seems like he's always in the finals. Averaging about 10 points a game and a court spreader as a shooter. T.J. Warren never plays. Had a good one year with the Pacers. Got hurt. Kept being hurt. Didn't stop being hurt. Never played for the Pacers. Next thing you know, he was out. But the truth of the matter is, I believe that they, ladies and gentlemen, the Phoenix Suns got fleeced. Now, does that mean that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be any good? I don't know. But I know this. If you're Phoenix, you got to sit there and go, oh, man, I got to deal with Kevin Durant. I don't want to deal with Kevin Durant. I don't want to sit around with Kevin Durant. See, they were going to make it easy. They were going to make it easy on Durant in Brooklyn. What I've been told is that when they moved Kyrie Irving, they went to Durant and they said, we want to make this good for you. And Durant, of course, did what Durant does and said, nah, I'm out. All right. So if you are out, which in NBA world, you get your wish constantly, Where has this ever worked out? I'll hang up and listen. You know, all the little NBA people are going to get on your TV here today and tell you, well, you know, it worked out in Golden State. Uh, They won 73 games before Durant got there. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. They won 73 games before Kevin Durant ever showed up. So, all right, where has it worked out? Did it work out with the Seattle Supersonics slash Oklahoma City Thunder when he had Harden and Westbrook? Yeah, for a minute. And then guess what happened? All of a sudden, boom, money, jealousy, young guys, boom, out. Then he headed to Golden State. Did it work out there? Sure it did. He was a finals MVP. He's great. But that did not ultimately work out. They had to get him out of there. And guess what? Golden State won another championship without him. Did it work out in Brooklyn? I would argue that Brooklyn and the Nets, that was one of the colossal failures of all time. So you got Kyrie Irving, he's gone. Durant, he's gone. You know who's left to pick up the pieces? Do you remember? 
Do you remember Ben Simmons? He of the horrific jump shot. He of the self-importance. He of the I can never get on the court because I'm sad. That's who's left to pick up the pieces. Look, Durant's terrific. Six-time All-NBA first team. Second team, four-time. Rookie of the year. All-rookie first team. NBA champ twice. NBA finals twice. He's great. Wonderful. Terrific. But not when he's setting the culture. And not right now. Durant is getting older. I mean, he was born in 1988. He's 35 years old. Or he's going to be 35 years old. He's 34 years old. And you want that? Woo! Durant, Irving, Harden. One. One playoff series. That's all they won. So don't come around me, ladies and gentlemen, and tell me that this is the greatest thing ever. Let them do that on your TV. That's why you come to this guy, because I give you the straight skinny. NBA trade grades. Some guy named Kevin Pelton. Who won? Who won the dra- Who won the NBA trade grades? How does anybody know? I mean, how does anybody know? Like, what if Durant goes there and is horrible? Or not horrible, but what if Durant goes there and they don't win? I mean, aren't they supposed to win? I think they're supposed to win. I think that's the whole key. No? Anyway, so we got that going for us, which, of course, is nice. The NFL, I don't have any news on Jeff Saturday. The news that I do have on Jeff Saturday and the Colts is kind of ridiculous. The general manager of the Colts, Chris Ballard, continues to talk tough. When has Chris Ballard talking? Let me ask you that. My buddy Pilar says, come on, you know the streets in Gary are named after presidents. Oh, yeah, hence Jackson Street. I guess I did know that. Uh, Hi, Brian. Anyway, when, ladies and gentlemen, let me just ask you that question. Uh, I forgot what I was going to get into, but when has the Indianapolis Colts and their general manager talking tough ever, and I mean this ever, ever worked out? Ever? Uh, Jimmy Ursay says that a decision is coming in days, not hours. Um, Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, that's great. Okay. If if that's what we're going to do, then that's spectacular. But the truth of the matter is, the Indianapolis Colts talk, and talk, and talk, and talk, and Chris Ballard talks, and talks. Now, here's the deal. I have no idea what's going on with the Colts, other than to say this. I know this as fact. I know this as nobody, there have been absolutely no decisions made on this. There have been absolutely not one single decision where they said, look, we've got Jeff Saturday here. We're going to go through a, uh, a bit of a charade, and we're going to see if maybe we can con the people, wait long enough, and then we're going to hire Jeff Saturday. I'm being told that's not true. I'm being told by a guy that is there that this is, again, one of the most unorganized deals And it's all Chris Ballard. They didn't have, they did not have a plan at quarterback. They did not have a plan at left tackle when Anthony Costanzo told them he was retiring. They did not have a plan at head coach. They do not have a plan. So 
That's where that is. Interesting in the NFL. I don't know why you would do this. You football guys, you've got to tell me. The Washington Commanders have said they are going to make Sam Howell their number one quarterback. Going in, Sam will start as the number one, but it's something he has to continue to earn and show us he deserves to be the guy. All right. There you go. So, why would you do that? Like, we all know this. Look at me. Just look look at me a second. I know it's not much here. I'm looking sick. I haven't shaved. I'm trying to see. Somebody told me when you got a bald head, you got to put a, a, a little darkness here. You, you can't just be all, okay. But look at me. Why wouldn't you make everybody in your organization compete? Everybody. I feel like I compete every day. I feel like, hey, look, whatever the numbers are, I'm out there, and it's not hard work. I'm not saying I do anything difficult. I'm just saying we go out there and we try to compete every single day. We do. We try to get the most viewers. We try to get grow the show. Everybody should have to compete because every single thing, ladies and gentlemen, that you do in life is about competition, period. Period. So why would you tell some fifth-round pick, you're not beholden to him, well, you know, uh, it clears it up because the QB won. Shut up. Shut up. Ballard, let me go back to the Colts for a second. We've got a very detailed process put together on the traits and attributes we're looking for in a head coach. Don't care what side of the ball. And then... To be patient, take your time, make sure we have a thorough interview with everyone. I don't care if it takes till mid-February to hire the head coach. It's about getting it right. Okay. All right. It's about getting it right. Cool. No problem. Let's get it right. I guess. But the truth of the matter is, The Colts have had, they have had since when? The middle of the season. Eight games to go, ladies and gentlemen. Eight games to go. And guess what they did not do? They did not have a plan. Now, you're only going to hear that here because, well, frankly, you know, that's my job. My job is to tell you things that nobody else knows. But I got to tell you, that is a problem. That is a big problem. And if they end up hiring, if they do, if they end up hiring Jeff Saturday, then that's a bigger problem. It's a real big problem. Is the gun show ready? Is big guns ready? Guns. It's Super Bowl week, big boy. Tell me what's going to happen around these parts. What's going on, my man? How are you? How are you? Happy Thursday on a Super Bowl week, my yes, friend. Yes, sir. What's going on? Yes, sir. What do you got? got What do you got? You got any bets for me? You got anything good for me? What do you got? We got a lot of great things happening. But of course, yes, here's the deal. We all can watch the game, but a lot of people tune in. Listen, I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm not a Chiefs fan. So what am I going to do? I'm going to hope for a a competitive game, but I'm also hoping to win that money, Dan. And the best way to do this, of course, is to have some fun. I'm talking about the prop bets, the novelty bets, and here – 
here we go. This is all you need to know, my friend. Let's kick it off with, of course, the national anthem. Dan, here's some numbers for you, all right? The average time of the national anthem has been one minute and 43 seconds throughout history, okay? This year, of course, you've got country superstar Chris Stapleton, eight-time Grammy Award winner, 14-time CMA Award winner, okay? He is at two minutes and five seconds. All right, now he is a country singer, so Vegas thinks he's going to belt out those songs and more. Dan, what are you thinking? Two minutes and five seconds. Are you going over? It's heavily juiced at minus 185 for over. Are you going under? What are you thinking, my man? I can't go over. The, the, the number from the average to what we're doing with Stapleton is too big. So I would, if I were going to bet it, I would bet the under. What do you say you? You know, I feel like minus 185 there's no money to be made dan and i gotta win the money you know what i mean but i do like your thinking there because from a minute 43 to 205 i don't i mean he'll have to hold out every single word so i will go with you dan the under all right we're taking the under with the national anthem right there now let's go to the next one something that everybody loves talking about because every single person can have an opinion on it the all-important Gatorade shower. Yes, Gatorade, all right? What color will the Gatorade be? Here's some numbers for you, Dan. Blue has won three out of the last four years. However, you're also dealing with two teams that have recently won Super Bowls in the last couple of years as well. So when the Eagles won, they had the yellow-green, the yellow line, Okay. When the Chiefs won last time, they went orange. Now, Vegas has the lime green as plus 125. That's followed by orange, purple, red, clear, and then blue. So are you, my friend, are you going with blue, which has won three out of the last four times, or are you going to go with perhaps the individual colors that they used last time, even though half those players might not even still be on the team, especially in the Eagles case? Great question. I think I would go with red because I think uh, I'm not 100% sure yet, but I think I think the Chiefs are going to win this. I hate betting against the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes will cut your throat out. But <laughs> yes, having said yes. that, right, it, I think if they win, it just makes sense to me. If they win, you go red. If the other team wins, the Eagles, and you go green, doesn't it? I mean, what are we doing? All right. Well, listen, Can you bet red will get line? you plus 700. That is a nice steak dinner, Dan. All right, no – no more hot pockets for Dan over there, all right? Double D. No hot pockets this time. He will get a nice steak dinner if you hit that plus 700 with, with red, of course, for the Gatorade shower. Here's another one, all right? What commercial will come first? One of the big sponsors of the Super Bowl is, of course, Doritos. They, they're going to have plenty of commercials, different ones this coming Super Bowl. However, M&M's is also a sponsor and this year, we've seen the last couple of weeks, the wokeness that M&M's has become. You know what I mean? With the whole colors and all that. And they've also introduced Maya Rudolph. So what commercial will come first? Is it going to be Doritos or M&M's? Vegas says M&M's at minus 135. What do you think? Do they wait to get their wokeness in for the Super Bowl, Dan? I've had enough of M&M's. I, I, I like <laughs> m and 
You know, the music, the moment, you want it, you better never let it go. You hey, know, I, 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 go ahead. No, no, you're, you're right. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I love your, I'm, I'm happy that you know your Eminem words, your lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. What are you betting? I'll take your bet. I'm going to go Doritos because I'm in the same bout. I'm over M&M's. I mean, listen, you can get all the colors in the world, but they still all taste the other. Like, I, I don't need them. So, yes, yeah, so let's go with Doritos there. And finally, the last one, my friend. All right? My last one here. This is something I made up myself, but I would love your opinion on it. All right? What do you think the over-under is for how many times they're going to mention Tom Brady retiring? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, is it, is it like eight and a half? Uh, <laughs> like realistically, oh I think I think three, what do you think? Three and a half? Is that a good over under? We can make this ourselves. Maybe we tweet it out to the audience out there. Three and a half over under. Three and a half would mean you got to go to four. That would be a pretty good number, actually. Um, that would be a really good number. Three and a half. Uh, four times. Yeah. Wait, is the game on Fox? It is. So they probably, it is on Fox. So do you think they would probably come back and promote it, right? That he's going to be doing it. So should yes. we juice it up a little? Should we move it to a little higher? Yeah, I, I would go four and a half. I think since it's on Fox, they would bust it up a little bit, probably show, uh, Brady with his kids, you know what I'm saying, probably. And then you talk about it, and then, you know, somebody slips it in about, well, Mahomes is going to catch Brady. We know Brady's retired. Blah, blah. You know what I mean? Right. I, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. Th three and a half is strong, though, Guns. Three and a half. Uh, well, well, listen, I, let's, I, let's do this. On let's Fox, I, would I would take the over. I would take. All right. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's move it to four and a half, and we'll tweet the listeners. All right. So the listeners out there, let us know what you think. You can play along with your friends, your family, wherever you're watching the game. The over/under on the amount of times that they're going to kiss up and mention that Tom Brady retired, four and a half. We'll go with. All right. And we'll take the over. Tweet us. Let us know. Hit up Dan, of course, and let us know what you think there. So yeah. Listen. The bottom line is. Um, it's, it's, you know, prop bets is where it's all at. It's always a lot of fun. So we're going under on the national anthem at two minutes and five seconds. You're going red Gatorade. I'm going blue Gatorade. We're both going Doritos commercial is going to come first because we're over M&Ms. And then finally, we will both say over four and a half times Tom Brady retiring will be mentioned throughout the broadcast. Let's go, Dan. Let's win all the money, Double D. Who do, you, who do you like in the game? I mean, I'm in New York. I can't stand Philly just because I can't stand Eagles fans. I can't stand Eagles fans. And like you said before, listen, the Chiefs the Chiefs lost me some money this year. Chiefs have been frustrating at times, but you're also going against Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he just has the track record, and you know that he can single-handedly bring that ball down the field like nobody else can. I think you have to go Chiefs. I think you have to go Chiefs. Um, I, 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 I can never root for that. I hate Philadelphia. Philadelphia is such a B-rate city. As a New Yorker, Philadelphia is a B-rate city. I can't stand Philadelphia. Remember, remember what my mayor did? My mayor, our mayor did the, you know, the, the, the fun bet with the Philly, with the Philly mayor. And our mayor of New York City gave, was offering a vegan cheesecake 
to the city of Philadelphia. That's how pathetic my <laughs> that's how pathetic my mayor is. So I cannot root for Philadelphia whatsoever, man. Not at all. No, there's nothing you can root. No, I get it. And then they lit up the Empire State Building. Like, what are oh. we doing? Why are we lighting up the Empire State Building for Philadelphia colors in New York City? Blasphemy, I, awful. Ah. Do we not have any sense of pride anymore? Like, we're the greatest city yes. in the world. Like, what are we What are we doing here? Why are we sucking up to everybody else? Wait, everybody's got to get a color. Everybody's got to do Do you think Philadelphia would have dressed up the Liberty Bell in a Giants color or jersey or whatnot if Philly won? Hell no. Why do we have to pander? That's pathetic. This is sports. Sports is more than just what you see on the field. Sports is a lifestyle. Sports is life. Let's go. And our stupid mayor, pathetic Mayor Adams, but putting up the yeah, and the Empire State Building, what are you doing? What are you doing? Actually, it was the Empire State Building that did them themselves. Not too happy about that. That's pathetic. Stop catering and pandering. No. No, we don't pander. We're New York City. There is no pandering. Guns, have a great weekend, my friend. Let's talk next week, see how we did. Rock and roll. Everybody have fun on your bets. Win some money. Let's go. Yes, sir. We got to win some cash. That's the Gun Show. Go follow him. He's got great articles, great stuff, pop culture, you name it. He's got it at the Gun Show. All right, who's the woke dope here as I'm sweating out the last 10 minutes? of this show before I go crash. What we got dope wise Church of England to consider use of gender neutral terms for God. For God. All right. Hey, what are you going to do? Can you put that back on there real quick? I just want to see if I got that right. Gender neutral terms for God. Church of England, use of he when referring to God to be examined by new uh, by new uh, commission in spring, to be examined by a new commission. They got that backwards because apparently these idiots get everything backwards. I hate to do this, but tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, I don't hate to do this. Tomorrow, we're going to have Mike Vrabel on now. You got to understand something about Mike Vrabel. I've never met Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel apparently loves our show. He loves OutKick. Uh, And Mike Vrabel, I told you this, last weekend we had a big event. And at that event, we were raising money for bikes. Mike heard about it. Coach sent us a bike, put it in a box. I ended up taking it to the event. Friend of mine, the great Tom Jolly, paid $700 for that bike. What happened then? Well, $700 basically pays for three more bikes. And Tom Jolly is donating the bike back. So what we ended up getting from one bike from the Titans coach was four bikes. How good is that? How great is that? So we, of course, when you do anything for me, I am always looking to get you on our show. But Mike Vrabel is going to join us. I am going to have for you every bet that I'm going to make on the Super Bowl. I am waiting to see, you know, Michael Irvin got his dumb, you know what, kicked out of the Super Bowl, or at least kicked out of his broadcast gig. So I'm waiting to see, hey, look, anybody else going to get the boot? Any player going to do something stupid? Anybody going to stay out too late? Anybody going to do something incredibly dumb? That's why I always wait till Friday or Saturday. I figure 
Friday is enough. I figure Saturday there's walkthroughs. Guys don't really go out Saturday night. They used to. Guys used to go out. There is a legendary player for the Packers wide receiver, Don Hudson, who went out, was hung over as hell in Super Bowl number one, ended up being the MVP. It's pretty good stuff. But the fact of the matter is, I am going to wait, and I will give it to you tomorrow. Speaking of bets, I'm on a little bit. I take two teams. Two. I took Western Illinois tonight, and I took Purdue. It's a two-team parlay, all right? And the deal is this. It's a two-team parlay, both at home. Both at home, okay? I want you to say, both at home. I don't like road teams in conferences. A lot of you are like, well, oh, Doc, you're just really going out on a limb. I'm not here to go out on limbs. I'm here to make you money. So I told you this. We took $14, made it 28, 28, made it 56, 56. We made it 118 because we got plus 106. And then tonight we're taking the 117, or I guess 118 tonight, and I am taking a two-part wager, University Missouri, Kansas City is at Western Illinois. I got Western Illinois, and then Iowa is at Purdue. Western Illinois, a little bit of a favorite, minus 130. Uh, Okay, they're only a two-point favorite. I did not like this bet. I did not love this bet. And then I'm taking Purdue both to just win the game. That's it. Now, when when Western Illinois – Played UMKC early in the year. Western Illinois won by eight at UMKC. Western Illinois won like seven of eight. And the only one they lost was a brains kicking, an A, you know what, kicking by 30 in kind of an aberration game. Purdue, I think Purdue's in for a tough stretch tonight. I think this is going to be a tough game tonight. I don't think this is going to be the walk. I like the fact that Purdue played really well at the end of the Indiana game. I like the fact that Purdue showed basically that they were better than Indiana, certainly in the second half. But I'm not 1,000% in love with this bet tonight. I was one of those teams that if they get hot, they can go drop a bunch on you. They can't. They can go drop a bunch on you. They can no joke drop a bunch on you. So, as you watch this game, remember, Purdue money line. Western Illinois money line. And let me look at you guys right now, right in the eye. There's no way in hell, there's not a chance that any of you ever thought that you would be betting right now on Western Illinois. Don't lie to me. Do not lie to me. You know you never thought you would be. You know you never in your entire life said, wait a second here, let me get the leathernecks. <coughs> Let me get the Leathernecks and let me take them against the Kangaroos. That's who's playing tonight. Nah, nobody figured that one. But that's what we're doing. We're on a heater and we're just going to keep doubling our money until we're not. Now, if we win this one, I'll tell you how I'm going to go about it. If we win this one, it'll get me to about, I don't know, 240. I'll go one more time, get it to 480 or whatever. Then I'll take a couple hundred out and go to dinner. That's how confident I am that we're going to be able to do this. All right. You see it right there. Tomorrow, Mike Vrabel is going to join us. 9-15. You don't want to miss it. We're going to get into his take on the Super Bowl, his take on his team. Thank him for all of his help uh, with our charity. I'm going to have every single bet that I am going to make. 
on the Super Bowl that isn't a live bet. I'll also probably, it's a Friday, sometimes Fridays are tough in college hoops, give you two more to do a parlay with so that you can continue to make money. Last thing before we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for making us the fastest growing show on OutKick. I want to thank you all for being here every day, particularly you guys and gals that show up on the YouTube chat. You always give great entertainment. You show up. uh, You're funny. You're fun. All those kind of things. And I could not thank you more. Also, got to thank Ryan and Dylan and Chuck and Corey and Aaron and everybody. Uh, Haley. I'm sure Haley will be on tomorrow. Uh, thank you, my friend Brian Pillar. First time I had a chance to listen to the show. I enjoyed it. Great job. That's my boy. You know how you got your boy? You know how you got your boy from your high school days? Like, you call your boy and it's a, you just pick up. Yeah, you know I mean? You just, you just pick up. I always said that I owed him. I never had any money in high school. Were you this way? And I'm like, hey, P-Funk, let's go eat. And he always had the money. So I, I eventually paid him back, but probably not. Anyway... Thanks to everybody for being here all day today. We will be back at it tomorrow. Mike Vrabel is going to join. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. I'm going to go throw up.